Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. this word to our heart and if you will let's just pray together Lord I love you and I thank you for the privilege to be here it is such an honor for me to be able to preach the word no place I would rather be in no greater congregation that I would rather be preaching to right now amen than this wonderful congregation and so I pray Lord that you would just touch the word to our heart and strengthen us to grow and draw closer to you in Jesus name amen and uh, you can be seated I have read this illustration before, used it a couple of times, but I think it kind of helps us to maybe center ourselves around a thought. Some elementary students were asked, elementary students now, were asked how they believed they could make the world a better place. And so CJ said, well, he thought he could make the world a better place by making peace with all other countries. Joseph said, by helping poor people. Shannon said, help people that commit crimes to become nice people. Sammy said, by planting more plants because they make the air cleaner. Carlos said, clean up the parks and the streets and maybe start a recycling program. There's nothing novel really or new about those ideas and perhaps all of those would be beneficial. And so my point tonight are not their points. My points are not their thoughts or their ideas. But my point this evening would be the fact that when a child was asked, what do you think you could do to make the world a better place? They had an answer. They were willing to dive in and say, well, we could do this. Or, well, we could do that. And so in our adult minds, we may trivialize and minimalize some of those things but I think that if we're not careful as we age we tend to lose a little bit of our idealism of life (laughs) and if I may even make a spiritual application right here at this specific intersection sometimes in our spiritual maturity we lose some of our faithful idealism to believe that God can and that he will we uh, Many years ago, uh, some friends of ours who have both since passed were just brand new converts in the Lord. They had come from a tremendously horrific hippie lifestyle and uh, they had come into the church and it, had, it was so, uh, so opposed to what their former life had been. They heard faith preached and they just believed that God could do anything and They ran out of gas in their little hippie van. They coasted into a service station that was closed. And uh, when they got there, uh, they pulled up to the islands and there was no one there, but there was a water hose there. 
And so he said, you know, if the Lord could turn water to wine, he could turn it to gas. So they filled up their tank with water. And uh, on that particular occasion, the Lord didn't intervene. And uh, <laughs> But if we're not careful, we can get cynical about those things and just think, how silly, how silly. And sometimes we just lose our faith in all of those ideas. And Scripture just becomes something that we hear read and, and we just really kind of see ourselves as minuscule. And that's not uncommon because the children of Israel, when the spies came back out there with their report, that was exactly how they saw themselves and that's how they portrayed themselves. We're just grasshoppers. That's what they said in the sight of of these giants and it was, no one is denying the fact that they were not facing a formidable mountain and foe but they had a great big God that was with them who did indeed help them conquer we realize sometimes how big the world is and in light of that we see how small we are and we think that we cannot do anything and we fail to implicate or we fail to implement that God factor and that God can and, t- and will touch us My subject this evening is simply this, alone with God. And that may not make a whole lot of sense now, but I hope we can maybe connect that before we walk away this evening. If we're not careful, we will leave out the God factor and think that that indeed within our own power we could not do anything that would change the scope of the world around us. But I think that God has really and truly called us to impact the world in which we live. And the world, such a vast word and such a vast thing. But I believe that as I spoke about last Wednesday night, that if we could just totally surrender all and become that usable vessel in the hand of God, we have to realize that it is not we ourselves that can impact the world, but we can impact the world with the saving gospel that has impacted our world. When you think about the New Testament church as God himself just began to hand pick 12 individuals and said if you will follow me I will make you fishers of men it seemed an impossibility but we indeed know that those 12 men influenced 12 others and 12 others and 12 others and 12 others until they turned their world upside down they made an impact they left footprints behind them amen I believe that there is a As I said last Wednesday night in surrendering, there's a process that begins with laying down our lives. And and, uh, I I mean that in the sense that we just make ourselves available. Here I am, Lord, empty hands. Here is a mouthpiece. Here are some feet. And uh, here I am. God, I believe, wants to take our lives and transform us into the image of himself. And as we are transformed, as we are transformed, there's the key, the world around us becomes transformed. But if we're never changed by the power of God, we're, um, we're kind of wasting our time to think that others are gonna be impacted if we're not ourselves first impacted. We must be impacted by the gospel and then take that gospel and impact that, uh, the impact others around us. And so I, I, wanna, I wanna just underline, if I may, for a, a few moments here tonight, what I consider the privilege of serving God. Amen, I I try to say that often. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you, the privilege to serve you. Whenever I think about 
the many people that don't know the Lord, I don't want to ever let this become a drudgery or I don't ever even want to imply that it's an inconvenience, but it is a true privilege to be able to serve God. Hebrews 4 and 14, the Bible says, seeing then that we have a, have a great high priest that has passed on into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore, he says, come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I think there are some inevitable things that we have to go through. There are some bridges that we have to cross invariably if God is going to truly use us to do something of consequence in this hour. Amen. I believe one of those things is to focus on the true privilege that it is to serve God. Amen. I'm not here under duress this evening and I trust that uh, you have the same mindset. I'm here because I want to be here. Amen. I woke up this morning with heaven on my mind. I woke up this morning, amen, with, with my eyes set to the things of God. Amen, I'm not trying to sound all of that in a bag of chips, but I'm gonna tell you where my focus has been all day, and it was yesterday, and if God will help me, that will be tomorrow. It's a privilege to serve the Lord, and how how disillusioned some people must be when they act as though they've done God a favor by being here tonight or being in any service, or they've done God some favor for just witnessing to someone. I'm gonna tell you that grace has made such a difference in my life. Paul said, the apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God, by the grace of God. How many feel that way tonight? I am what I am, I am where I am, whatever that may be, I am what I am by the very grace of God, amen. And so I'm thankful that that the Lord just pursues us. The Bible confirms, he says that, uh, that, that uh, in, in Romans 5 and 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Now he had no guarantee that we would love back or that that would even be returned and that was a pretty risky proposition. Essentially the Bible says that God saw our wayward hearts and then looked at the cross understanding the full price of what this would be and he said I will go there and I will do that and I will pay that redemptive price. He did not shirk responsibilities or walk away because the price got a little higher or the mountain got a little steeper. I'm thankful that he commended his love toward us. Amen. While we were yet sinners, he, he died for us. He, I don't want you to take this out of context but he or, or be offended, but he rolled the dice. He didn't have any idea if we would love him back, but he pursued us. He pursued us. After Calvary, he meant how could we question our worth in his eyes? How could we ever allow the enemy to cause us to feel insignificant whenever we compare that against Calvary's price? He gave everything that we might be able to be right where we are this evening. And so I don't wanna let the enemy try to convince me that I'm not important to the Lord. Amen, you're important to the Lord. Amen, the passages of growth don't just, uh, don't, don't just begin and end here. Amen, I'm thankful that God loves us. I'm, I'm glad to be serving a, a, a God that is demonstrative. I'm glad I serve a Lord that shows me his love. Amen. 
I saw a, a, a bunch of people posting uh, yesterday on uh, Valentine's Day where they're uh, eating out with their significant other or whatever they were doing. And, and uh, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with expressing our love toward one another. Uh, that cert- certainly ought to happen more than once a year. Just a suggestion. Just a suggestion. But, but I'm, I'm glad to be serving a God that's not ashamed to let me know that he loves me to tell me that he loves me, to show me that he loves me. The Bible uses a, a wide range of images to, and, and many in, to capture the many facets of our relationship with the Lord. When we consider just a few of them, we can see just how much he loves us. Uh, loves us. At, at a base level, the, the Bible refers to us as clay and he the potter. We shouldn't be offended by that because he doesn't just leave us as clay and he the potter, but he also calls us the sheep and he the shepherd. Amen. Now that seems to be a little better than clay. Amen. But it's hardly flattering if you really think about sheep because sheep don't have a reputation for being the most graceful or the most intelligent animals in the world. But he didn't just leave us as clay and he didn't just leave us as sheep, but he said that we were servants and he was the master. And you know what? Some people never get beyond this level right here. They're always the perpetual servant. He's always the perpetual master. Amen. But I believe that we need to get past that because when you move past that level, amen, he calls us his children and he calls, he calls himself our father. Amen. Now, now we're talking about some real intimacy here. Amen. We're not to just talking about clay in a potter's hand or a sheep under the watchful eye of a shepherd or we're not just servants that are serving a graceful master, but we we are his children. Amen. We are his children and he is our father. I'm thankful tonight to know him in the power, amen, of fatherhood. I'm glad that I'm not just serving a God that I am so afraid of that I can't walk into his presence and just voice my concern and lay out my needs before him. I'm going to tell you that all of our prayers shouldn't sound like prayers. What we think about prayers are, dear Heavenly Father, and on and on and on, but our prayers are to be more like conversations. Amen, I'm talking to my father about this. I'm going to a a source that is higher than I, that is mightier than I. Sheep, amen, can only experience the kindness of a shepherd, but he called us his child. Amen, a child may have limited comprehension. A child may have a limit, and certainly they do according to their age. Amen, to the depths and, and, the, and the breadth of a parent's heart. Amen, a child can't really understand love. They can feel love, but they can't measure love, how much you love them. Amen. But I'm going to tell you tonight, amen, that that love as that love begins to grow and intimacy comes into that relationship. There is no doubt in the mind, in the heart of a child, amen, how much someone loves them. Amen. I think about it more and more as life moves forward, how much our love, how much our love is sure and how and how confident we are in the love of God. I, I knew all along that he loved me, but the longer I serve him, the more I know he loves me. Not just because of his word and not just because of signs and miracles and wonders, but every now and then it's just that warm feeling of his hand in my heart. Amen, it's just that hand in my hand that assures me that I am not alone. Amen. I'm thankful for the hand of God. You know, everybody and most most everyone I would, say, I would assume desire to have love. Amen. 
They want to be loved. They want to love and be loved. Amen. And so if, if, if it is true indeed then that God desires to love and be loved by us, then we have got to allow the Lord not to just perpetually chase us, but we need the Lord to be allowed to catch us. My wife used to jokingly say when we were dating, she said and that uh, I chased her so hard that she finally caught me. Something like that. I think that's how you said it. Amen. So I think there needs to be a pursuit, but I want to be caught by the Lord. Amen. He wants to pursue me, but I want to be caught by him. Amen. I want, I want to be close to him. Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Here, this passage says that we can approach his throne with boldness, with confidence. I don't think that we should ever underestimate the true privilege it is to know the Lord. Some may be thinking, well, if I were truly alone with the Lord, I don't know if I would know what to do. Amen. I think it's very, very important to take those times serious. In his book called and simply entitled Prayer, a man by the name of Richard Foster relates the story of how a friend of, of his was walking through the mall with his two-year-old son. The child was particularly uncooperative. The frustrated father tried to do everything to quiet his son, but nothing seemed to help. He just would not obey. So in a moment of what he later referred to as a moment of special inspiration, the father picked up his son, held him close to his chest, and began to sing an impromptu love song. None of the words rhymed. He was not a singer, and so his song was off key. But as best as he could, he shared his heart, and he sang, I love you. I'm so glad you're my boy. You make happy. You make me happy. I like the way you laugh. They went from one store to another. The, the father, still holding the child, quietly singing off key, making up the words to a song as he went. And finally, in time, the child relaxed and became still listening to this strange but wonderful song. Finally, they finished shopping and went to the car. And as the father was open, opening the car door and began to buckle his car, his son into the car seat, the child lifted his head and said, Sing it to me again, Daddy. Sing it to me again. You see, prayer is a little bit like that. With the simplicity of heart, we allow the Lord to gather us up into his arms. And in his own unique way, the Lord sings a love song and quiets the anxiety of our spirit. I'm thankful that I know him in the power of his might. To be able to serve God with everything we have requires something of us. There's a real change that occurs in private, intimate moments with God. Intimate moments with the Lord. I felt a number of years ago the Lord had laid on my heart that to just go and, and just for the lack of a better word, figuratively, I suppose, speaking, but just lock myself away for several days with nothing but God's word and prayer. 
I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what kind of outcome. But I believe in that season of time, the Lord began to push some things into my spirit and help me to define some real important things in my life early, early on. There's something that happens very significant when we get alone with God. The, the Bible says in the Old Testament that after Moses came down from his meeting with God on Mount Sinai, that his face glowed. I think what's important to understand about that is that it wasn't Moses that understood or even recognized the significance of that as much as it was others around him. They realized he's changed. This man has been in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I think it's an interesting thing, an interesting picture at least, of what happens when we get alone with God for a significant period of time. I, I, I don't think alone with God, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I know that we all can't just move to a, an island somewhere, but I'm, I'm also not referring to five minutes or ten minutes. I'm not even referring to an hour. But that alone time with God that we begin to see his word and we turn down the noise of life. I, I think I'm safe in saying this, but a lot of times the first several minutes of our prayer is fleshing out flesh. You're praying and your lips are moving and you're making words, but our mind's a million miles away and it's all right to say amen to that. We're, we're working on projects, we're, we're untangling this, we're thinking about that, there's a myriad of things that come to our mind that would that would interrupt that particular meet that would interrupt that particular moment. We may at that particular time think of something that we should do, think of something that we ought to take care of, and 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 it takes a lot of focus in order just to press through some of that flesh for the first several minutes. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Amen. But there's something about being alone with God, quiet, just quiet times where the spirit of the Lord begins to move. And here's what really happens is we change. Moses changed in the presence of the Lord. And when we get along with him, we change. And so if we want to impact our world, it's not going to happen without regular times of prayer. Uh, not, it won't happen. It just will not happen. We have to pray. Uh, my friend and mentor who's lived his whole life by uh, this creed that he said, if you don't pray, you won't stay, and if you don't fast, you won't last. <laughs> and that sounds cute and catchy, but you see that in the throes of prayer, it's not always fun and funny. And in the throes of fasting and sacrificing our flesh before the Lord, it doesn't always feel warm and fuzzy, but we're trying to let the Lord change us, bring about some change in our lives there's a story that is told in the book of Mark chapter 9 and it's a familiar story to many of you here this evening where the disciples of Jesus are asked to drive out an evil spirit from a boy but they can't do it. And then Jesus returns to the Mount of Transfiguration and he finds them in the midst of a disagreement and there's a lot of people that are just looking on. They're trying to figure out what's going on and and uh, so the Lord comes and he casts the evil spirit out himself and later they ask the Lord, why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we drive it out? And Jesus said, this cometh but by prayer and fasting. 
There are some things that are never gonna come to our lives until we get alone with the Lord. You can do a lot of things with talent. You can do a lot of things with ability. But what we're talking about here tonight is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is going to have to have men and women that are willing to get alone with the Lord. Amen. And so it's true in our, not just casting out demons of someone else, but if I can use this word tonight to drive home a point to us, we have to do something about our own personal demons. Sure we do. You want help with that temper? I hope you do. It's, it, it makes a fool of us. It'll make a fool out of all of us. And so if we want help with that, we better get along with God. Amen. If we want help dealing with pride in our lives, we had better want help dealing with pride because that goes before a fall. So that's a real red flag in our lives. When we get lifted up, we better get along with God. If we want help with selfishness, we better get along with God. If we need help getting past some bitterness in our lives, we better get along with God. If we want to get hatred and resentment out of our life, we had better get along with God. Amen. So day after day, I, I, I must go to a secret place. I must go to a place of quietness and be alone with God. I've got to take seriously the, the privilege of serving the Lord. I've got to take seriously the opportunity, the, the privilege. I like to say the privilege of prayer. I'm glad I know what to do when something goes wrong. Amen. There's so many people today, I'm not being, I'm not being uh, unkind here, but there's so many people today that don't know what to do when their world falls apart. I'm glad that we can just stop where where we are and, and gather ourselves together and say, you know what, we need to make this a matter of prayer and I'm not talking about tomorrow or Sunday when all the church is together or Wednesday or I'm talking about right now in our home, turn off everything, stop everything, amen, we need to go to the Lord in prayer, amen, I need to go there, I need to go there and allow the Lord to draw me back in to something very significant. If I'm going to impact the world, then I first must be impacted myself. And then I need to take what that comes from, that initial response, I need to take that to the world. I think that we should come to church not just for ourselves. We certainly need to be here for ourselves, but we shouldn't just come solely for ourselves. But I hope we came tonight to take something back home with us and then take something to work with us in the morning. Amen. To take something back to our to our respective sphere of influence tomorrow so that we might impact the world and impart unto them around us. Amen. The world that we're living in today is hungry. They need the Lord. They need something that is real and something that is genuine. And I want to make sure that God has something in me that he can use, something in you that he can use. Amen. We need the spirit and the presence of the Lord to help us. He's a great God, isn't he? Amen. We've got a, a lot of responsibility before us, and I pray that God will help us and touch us this evening. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand, and if we will take seriously what I have spent about the last 34 or 35 minutes talking to you about, I promise you we've got our work cut out for us. We have our work cut out for us. <clears throat> so let the Spirit of God touch our heart. Let Him touch our lives and let us lean in with everything that we have. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. 
We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.